0: Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Because we've made this commitment, we're at the whims of those who would abuse us.
1: Yes, and they have been abusive. I watched, 5 I think, five episodes. I watched all the rest of the episodes that we had not watched today of, of, of World Beyond. I'm done with it.
2: There's another season, Dustin.
1: I, no. <laughs>
0: There's another season, Dustin. Dustin, it's not over. Well, maybe they will have had sex by then and have a point of view I'm interested in.
1: Yeah, maybe, the, or maybe, you know, well, they did, they kind of did that thing, and we can talk about it, where, uh, you remember in uh, in the early days of Walking Dead, they would do stuff like, you know, nothing would happen all episode long, and then like, in the last five minutes, something crazy would happen. You're like, well, how how is that? I gotta know how that resolves itself. And so that kind of, kind of happened with uh with world beyond in the very last episode there was a few minutes where i was like oh, i'm kind of interested in how this is going to resolve itself <laughs> like this these three there are three plot points that are like uh oh, i could kind of be interested in seeing how this goes but
2: yeah uh, hi, folks, and welcome to Zompocalypse Now. Our show about pretty much all things Walking Dead ish, which of course means Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead the World Beyond. I am Timothy Harvey.
1: I'm Dustin.
2: And I'm Curtis. And we have gathered you here tonight to discuss the final episodes of these particular well, final episodes of the first season of The Walking Dead World Beyond. And the final episodes of this first half of the season for Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> one of these things just doesn't belong. Can you guess which one is not? The...
0: Okay. Um, even if it did belong, um, I, I don't think I'd like it.
1: Um, here's the weird the weird thing I was thinking about as I was finishing up the episodes today i I feel like we can talk longer about the one episode of Fear the Walking Dead than we could about the four episodes of World Beyond.
0: But we'll find a way.
2: And well, you know the, the fear the world beyond can be summed up with manufactured conflict created by manufactured conflict, created by manufactured conflict, created by Someone who's lying, uh, who stands next to someone else who's lying, who stands next to someone else who just isn't telling the truth. And then things happen. And
1: Also, they play truth or dare. uh, Which, you know.
2: And the twist ending, because there's a twist ending. There's a twist ending at the end of the season. And it's not a great twist ending.
1: No. Let's talk about fear, fear. Because I feel like there's more meat. Mm. There's more meat there, but I feel like we're going to be talking about world beyond much longer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: let's do. Okay, let's do the meat.
1: Okay. So, Fear uh, the Walking Dead starts off with Strand and he and about sixty dudes are uh, transporting. Dakota or Bianca or whatever her name is, the little sister. The, the you Got Mcguffin. it right the
2: first time, folks. He actually said her name correctly at the first go. I Was think it Dakota? We, we need to take a moment. We need to take a moment <laughs> and mark the date and time. And say throw it, you, it. Were, you heard it here, folks. Dustin got a
0: name right.
1: That kid. Back.
0: Throw it. Throw a sound effect of, or a little sound bite of Carmina <laughs> Burek right about here.
1: Yeah, that that kid is such a human MacGuffin. Like, she is not a character at all. Her whole point is, She's where's, where's Dakota? Who's got Dakota? Is Dakota one of us or is Dakota not one of us? Are we going to protect her or are we going to give her back to Virginia? Like, this child has no, like, literally no no character aside from I don't like my sister and I'm going to I'm just going to do things like why like I just oh, I just hate her I don't
0: know if I agree with that I think I think she has a strong character I oh? do I do she I I find her um I mean I, just talking about the acting of the of the the actor that's doing the character I feel like she's being very subtle, and she's uh, she's hol- she's visibly holding back information, is what I yeah. see her doing, and I find that a little bit compelling because we all know that Uh-oh. Dakota is uh, is the Gandalf of the show. She, I mean, yeah, she's missing a lot, but that's what those people care about. She shows up and she's like, "I'm going to give you some information," and and, and she does, and she's always helping out the right people, so. Uh, how can they doubt? How can they doubt her?
2: You know? The problem is, is they're balancing that with her basically playing the girl victim. I mean, she's she shows up in an episode to be in danger, right? Or uh, that's kind of her role in these episodes. Is, is the first time we meet
0: her? Okay, so she's the lowest lane of. <laughs> <She's-> <laughs> <laughs> that's a little better.
2: It's yeah. a little better than girl guess, victim. Yeah. Sure. Okay.
1: I don't know. I just find her so like you know like uh when they when they added smoochy to it, itchy and scratchy or poochie to itchy and scratchy where's dakota what's dakota doing has anybody seen her and talked to her today i don't care
0: wednesday on cbs a very special dakota
1: right <laughs> um and virginia last episode said everything that she has done has been to keep her sister safe and that's kind of what turned June around on her a little bit was realizing that, you know, there's a humanity to Virginia, even though she's the complete bag.
0: I would, I would take that as this monster is getting her inspiration from me. Ew. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what you're supposed to read from Virginia, from Dakota is like, you're you're saying that you're doing everything you're doing for me and you're doing horrible things. And all I want to do is get away from you and the horrible things you're doing.
0: I don't get, see, here's, here's an interesting thing about, about Dakota's sister, uh, Jenny, Virginia, Virginia. Everybody knows she's the worst. Mm. You know, everybody knows how horrible and brutal she is, but everybody just pretends when like she's outside and she's going, Oh, well, let's treat everybody fairly. That <laughs> everybody knows it's bullshit, but they're all terrified of her. Right. I and I can't figure out fig, I can't figure out why those people do what she says. I cannot figure it out.
1: Well, we talked about that a little bit last week, is that know, you know I guess
0: both- it didn't stick.
1: Why Why is she, how did she retain the power in the, these communities that she's running? There's no explanation for it, aside from the fact that maybe, the writers want there to be some little, you know... Maybe uh,
0: she be a magician or something and just had a lot of charisma.
1: Maybe. Well, we, we see what happens to magicians with charisma in, in World Beyond, so...
0: I can't wait to hear all about it. But... <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) Dakota is being transported somewhere. Yeah. That's where we're at.
1: She's taken from one community to the other, and she has an entourage of 50 men, and one of them is Strand, and uh, as they're traveling, a horse comes back, and it's the scout's horse. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no. And so him and another ranger go up to see what happened to the scout, and they found a tree's been cut down. And so then when they get back to where they left the entourage, they're all dead. They're all dead and the car that Dakota was in is gone and they don't know what's going on. So they call upon Alicia and Charlie who have been relegated to outpost duty, which makes no sense, literally no sense to me. Like... Unless, I mean, I guess, I guess if Strand was, like, really convincing to Alicia, saying, like, we have to, you know, toe the line and pretend we're on, we're in with these people, would Alicia and Charlie stay at this outpost that they've been sent to with no guards but themselves? But my thought would be that they would have John Doryed the fuck out of that. Like the minute, okay, Strand just left us at this outpost by ourselves. Let's get out of here. Go find somewhere else to be. But, you know, if they didn't do that, there would be no story. So
2: If they didn't do that, then how could you have the scene where Alicia is, is ignoring Strand's calls?
1: Passive aggressively ignoring <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, it's, it's very passive aggressive. It's like, I mean, it's not like they're dating or anything. I mean, come on.
1: Well, you've, I mean, come on. You've had a tiff with your friends before where you wanted to murder a despot and they decided against it and-
0: you Really thought, frustrating.
1: Yeah, and you thought they made a bad mistake. And so now you're mad and you just don't want to have a conversation with them. But you're going to stay where they put you. Right. Of course.
2: It makes perfect sense.
1: Strand calls and he's like, I need you to find Dakota because she's missing. And I don't want to tell Virginia she's missing until I absolutely have to. And Alicia and Charlie are like, fine, let's let's go do this. So they start looking for Dakota and immediately come across like, like walkers with with antlers sticking out of them and like weird nodules on their heads and stuff. And, and they're like, "Hmm."
0: yep, they were like, Hmm, (laughs) who,
1: who would have done this to a thing? Like what, what's the point of doing this exactly? (laughs) Uh, And so they immediate, but immediately they find the house where the guy is doing the thing. And he's just some idiot. This dude's whole situation about like, oh, I wanted to make him look real scary. Like, what? uh... Why? (laughs) The the whole thing about this episode just did not...
2: Even though it came out in November, this is like their Halloween episode. Because you've got the mad scientist up in his little castle, and he's got a tragic backstory, and he's been driven mad, and he's cri- he's building monsters in the basement, and he's releasing them out into the world because dead people walking around eating your flesh is not
0: scary enough. Clearly, isn't he a taxidermist? Wasn't that his gig? Yeah, yeah. Well, and as an associate of a person who is a member of the American Taxidermy Association, I would like to take umbrage to that character choice. That could have easily been an accountant.
1: Yeah, just like a dude. Yeah, <laughs> it could have just been. Any any person with a workshop, the the crazy garbage people built scary walkers.
0: Oh yeah, the garbage. I remember those guys. Yes, yeah. but see, they did it as a group. He's on his own, and he, sure has he has a tragic a backstory. Friend. I think. I think, right. I think. Yeah, I think we find that he wants a friend.
1: Right. Yeah, because he's he rescued because Dakota drove off and ended up uh, crashing the van she was in. And he's saved her. And so when Alicia shows up to collect her, he thinks that she's like trying to kidnap her back or whatever. And so they have like five whole minutes of conflict about like, are you a bad guy? No, I'm not a bad guy. You're the bad guy. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, never mind." Before they decide to like move on from that whole thing. And Charlie, Charlie sneaks into the house. And he's just like, <laughs> like I don't know, like sneaking around in rooms and stuff because he never notices she's there until like the last five minutes of the episode. So they they're trying to decide. Alicia is like, I'm going to give Dakota back to Virginia, so that me and Charlie can leave. And when she calls Virginia to set this up you would have thought the way that Virginia reacted, you would have thought that they had been like best friends or something or closer than, you know, cause she's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to survive out there by yourselves? And it's like, <laughs> why do you even fucking care? You're going to get your sister back and we're going to get it for our freedom. Like,
2: yeah. And, and strangely enough, Virginia seems to be all at this point in, in the episode, this in previous episodes, it's like okay, wait a minute. This is like the iron-fisted ruler of these territories and these settlements, and yet our main characters are sort of walking all over her, even
0: though they're not remotely in a position of power. Oh, ever since ever since the fuel the fuel place went up in flames, her situation is very tenable. She's in a very weak position right now. Right, people are sensing that weakness and remembering the shit she's pulled. But at the same time, our heroes are basically
2: equipped with plot armor. Right. Because there's really no reason for her to negotiate with them in any way, shape, or form. She won at the end of last season. They are her prisoners for all intents and purposes. You don't let your prisoners dictate terms.
1: Right. It's like she won... She decided but decided that, oh, I'm not gonna, you know, the whole prisoner thing. You're sure you're my prisoners, but you know, if,
0: if anyone senses their mortality, it's someone who just lost a hand.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very curious thing. And and
2: our tragic backstory guy, because of course the conflict the conflict they have is that you know, she doesn't Dakota doesn't want to go back to Virginia. And this oh, guy wants-
1: oh, and and she mentions su- in such a completely offhand way, and no one even thinks to ask her about it at all. She's like, well, you know, Virginia murdered our parents. My sister murdered our parents. And, and Alicia just kind of like nods. That would not be a just nod from, excuse me, she who the what now? Like, explain to me the situation. Because I, I just have this, I just have this really terrible feeling that it's going to be one of those like you know virginia the parents turned into walkers and virginia killed them and and you know dakota was a wee babe at the time and didn't didn't understand fully what was going on and so that's why she's that's why she's so butthurt hurt with her sister is because she remembers badly something that happened when she was seven
2: I, I'm almost dead certain you're right. I'm
1: no oh, I'm, I'm sure that I just so described strong. exactly exactly what is going to yeah. happen.
2: It'd be nice if that's not the case, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah. And of course, our tragic backstory guy sits there and goes, "Oh, Virginia killed my family too." And they're like, "Oh, we're bonding." Yeah. And of course, it turns out he lied. So
1: right, and it's such a dumb lie. Like, are, are it, it, not okay? So the lie isn't necessarily dumb. But the thing that he did was to, like
0: he like he didn't he didn't have to do that.
1: Yeah, but. you didn't have to do none of that shit, buddy.
0: Well, he was trying he was trying to manipulate them by creating a bond, right? You know, well, he started but, early,
1: but still, like, it, I, I want I want you to cast yourself into into this show, into the idea of this person's backstory, which is he and his wife and daughter escaped to their family mansion in the middle of nowhere and that would
0: be that's a lodge
1: yeah and uh so his thing his idea to keep them safe was not to set up a perimeter and do you know like things his immediate thought was i'm a taxidermist i'm gonna start tinkering with dead people and create like you know, scary walkers, so that if people come to our area. They're like, those walkers have antlers for some reason. We're gonna stay away from there. And of course, it it backfired immediately. Well,
0: you like, can't just get up in the morning and stand there until you have to get back into bed. You got to find something to do. Some wholesome, <laughs> wholesome activities like antler collecting and uh, and right. corpse mutilation.
1: Sure. Well, it, it backfires immediately because before Virginia even realizes that they're there, according to his truth telling, when he t- finally tells the truth, his daughter and his wife are killed by the walkers that he's making, like modifying. And not only does that happen, but then he doesn't stop. He's just like, well, I guess this is, you know, something I'm doing now. So, like, <laughs> you know. Uh,
0: yeah. This is me now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is that on one level part of his tragic backstory and tragic state of things and why he's even trying to keep dakota there is because he's trying to replace his family he's trying to play he wants to keep somebody safe and that's great and and on one level it's not a terrible character to encounter as somebody who's a little damaged and who's who's legitimately trying to help someone he's He's helping them, not in the safest of ways, but he's actually—I mean, that's that's his his entire goal is to help this person. So, okay, I'm actually that's kind of an interesting character, but then you have this whole—you know—I'm I'm stapling antlers onto this mouse. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's <laughs> from. <laughs> Uh, it's that that scene from scrooge you know it's like have you tried super glue i mean it's it's just i don't know i mean and and the actor uh rafael sparge is he's a character actor you see him all over the place yeah
1: i remember when i saw him i was like who's that
2: guy well oddly enough we recognize him dustin you and i definitely recognize him from once upon a time he was jiminy cricket all right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a flashback to watching this on uh, watching this show on Dustin's couch, and and then prior to that, watching Once Upon a Time because, well, folks, you may have you may have learned from listening to our show, we hate ourselves a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of self hate this whole thing is built around, but it all goes wrong, of course, because in all of this, the house has become surrounded by the zombie with. Antlers.
1: Oh, he calls them back. Yeah. He turns on a, a a opera and and calls them all back because he wants to prove that he can keep them safe. Again, the logic of your your whole situation is wrong. You've made a lot of mistakes, buddy. <laughs> and it's and and so Alicia. He and Alicia get in a fight, and she ends up impaling him on an antler chair. Which is like, where did you get the ant Ugh, God. I just like like that's the worst use of Chekhov's gun I've ever like Except you-
2: it's it's the horror movie monster bit where the evil scientist is killed by his own creation. Right. It's Frankenstein. I mean it's it's uh, I'm like <laughs> why would you do this?
1: This whole thing is like, oh no, the walkers are coming, we're trapped and then they dispatched him like, you know, Oh right, we do this all the time. We've been doing this for seven years. Let's just
2: <laughs> up. well, they you don't know. do it alone.
1: All oh, right,
2: because at we- the end it is revealed they have had aid from outside, and it is of course because all of this takes place in the same square mile as all Walking Dead shows do. It's Morgan,
1: right? And and he's he ah. Uh, <laughs> Mo- so, okay, you have, you have to remember that Alicia's plan was to trade Dakota to Virginia for her freedom. Right. Um, but Charlie and Dakota, without really realizing that's what they were doing, convinces convince her not to do that. They convince her that Dakota is just as much a prisoner as anyone else, and she needs to come with them when they leave. Uh, Morgan's plan is to trade Dakota for all of their people. And and he has, he's the one who ambushed her party. He killed the 50 men that were around her, like, you know, and Alicia's like, what is happening with you? And he's like, lots of stuff's been going on and made a lot of different decisions. And she's like, what morgan am i going to encounter next like and and i love i love that her plan was to go back to the baseball diamond the the stadium where they were at the beginning of season where her mother supposedly died a quick little little snippet little caveat i did see on yahoo news where the creators of fear the walking dead were like oh well just because Kim Dickens hasn't been on the show for a while doesn't mean that she's, like, gone forever. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Oh, yeah.
0: Fuck that. Don't with that. Either bring her back or don't, but don't dangle. Yeah. All the dangling. We have don't already like, established
2: that Dustin's gonna have an actual aneurysm if we make it to the end of this season <laughs> and
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I think that I think that I can survive this season. But if this show ends, if fear the walking dead ends and we never see Madison again, especially after all of the like they even did the three dots thing tonight.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. The three, you know, her whole thing was like, if we get separated, hit your radio three times every hour and we'll, I'll find you. And they even talk about that tonight. It's like, if the, with all the foreshadowing of Madison not being dead does not come to fruition by the end of this series, or if she like shows up for five minutes and is immediately like, you know, shot, or you know something i will i will probably have an aneurysm at that moment yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh she's coming back the, oh, of just, course she is
0: if, I if mean, they
2: lay if they laid the clues any stronger tim curry would come in going but him in kept for some fruit or dessert and it would just be <laughs>
0: Anytime anytime as long as there is a character from Deadwood on this show you can expect other characters from Deadwood to either right. show up or Exactly.
1: Return. Exactly. And Kim Dickens was the lead of the show. Mm-hmm. And she I- left the reason that she left, quote unquote left the show was because of the Deadwood movie. She was going back to do the Deadwood movie. And you know it's it would make no sense uh, the especially uh, I, I I could write a thesis paper if I were to be in school I could write a thesis paper on the foreshadowing of her not actually being dead but I've already gone over it many many times on this show and I don't want to do that again to it. you all. I
0: really don't think anybody's believing that she's dead you I mean she's She's Norm Reedus of Walking Dead.
1: Well, I mean, she's been gone for three seasons now, so he can't really She'll put it that way. Here. But but the problem the thing is, is you know, i and then I don't know, just the whole like you know, they had a compelling, dangerous, flawed female character as the lead on a on a show, and then they replaced her with a man and I just I can't I can't talk about Kim Dickens anymore.
2: Morgan puts forth his plan. And Alicia says, we're not doing that. And Morgan says,
0: we're gonna do that. And she says, we're not doing that. Right. Says, Morgan, said, Morgan's plan is to bring everybody back to his place, right?
1: Right. Well, his plan is to use Dakota. His plan was Alicia's plan. His plan is to use Dakota as leverage to get all of their people and then take them back to the to the the lake. It's not a lake. And that's his plan. Alicia's plan was to buy their, her and Charlie's freedom and go back to the stadium that they had been living in before. They're the same plan, but Alicia changed her mind, and now they're at odds with
2: each other. And for the briefest of moments in a scene which convinces no one, it almost looks like they're going to fight.
1: Yes. This conflict is not going to be resolved. They're going to have to... You know, f- yeah, they're gonna fight, or they're gonna, you know, have to escape Morgan now to get away, or you know, his moral quandary is not going to be sated by Alicia's argument. But it, that all takes like three and a half minutes, and then they decide they're gonna, they're gonna be fine. Everything's fine now.
0: So, what did they ended up end up deciding they're gonna do?
1: Well, Strand shows up. Yeah. Uh, Magically, because that's what happens on uh, this episode. Apparently, people just show up.
2: Everything takes place in the same square mile. It's the only way anything in the Walking Dead universe actually makes sense.
1: (laughs) And and so he's like, oh oh, there's Dakota. I'll take her. Let's go back. Let's all go. You know, Dakota is part of his plan to get closer to Virginia, so that they can he can finally. His, he's playing a long game. He wants to get, you know, become powerful in this community so that he can overthrow Virginia and save all their people. Uh, Morgan wants to just get all their people and get the futz out. And Alicia is not really thinking that, like, far in advance or whatever. She's just having her own little thing. And and so when, when Strand says, no, we need to bring her back so that I can – Curry more favor with with Virginia and become more powerful, so that we can play the long game. And nobody wants to do that. He gets really pissed, and uh, and he leaves and goes back to Virginia. And like, I'm all in with you now, bitch. And,
2: uh, in and for doing some reason, that-
0: and she's like, and she's like, call up your army because it's time to play with the big boys, and right? Yeah. For some
2: reason, she believes him. Well, like she-, she doesn't know him very well. Exactly. (laughs)
0: This (laughs) would be the root issue. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, even your worst expectations, uh, Strand is worse than that. Yeah, he's dastardly.
1: He is, and that's part of the fun of his character.
0: Oh yeah,
1: is that he's? uh, You know, he's he's always thinking he's playing chess. You know, he's he's been playing. You know, the long game since before Virginia even knew they were playing a game, The who she was playing with. He's been playing this game. And unfortunately, the people he thought of as his allies uh, are not playing, doing what he wants them to do. And so now he's going to pretend, I'm sure, pretend to throw his lot in with her until, you know... He can he can do whatever the next thing he's going to do is.
2: But... He's rewarded for his loyalty. Exactly. By getting he, a secret.
1: Apparently, Virginia has been keeping very pregnant Grace locked in a barn.
2: Behind a secret door.
1: Behind a secret door in like a storage shed.
2: For reasons?
1: Yeah. And so she's like, Grace is like Grace is like, Strand, what are you doing here? And 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 he doesn't even acknowledge her. He's like, which one of our people do you need next? And Virginia's like, I want all of them. And it's like, dun, 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 villain music. And that's where we end the episode.
2: Why and she wants everyone is vague and undefined.
1: Especially considering, okay you just won June over with the hospital thing. What are you, are you going to go in now and like completely change you're going to, what are you going to betray her and not give her her hospital or like, I don't know. It's, it's so it's whatever it's the, it's, it's fear of the walking dead.
0: (laughs)
2: Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, time, it's at times like this I miss Crazy Death Cults <laughs> from Fear the Walking Dead because at least you could understand the motivation of the Crazy Death Cult. They're or, a Crazy Death Cult,
1: or that, or with with the the Fear the Walking Dead crew would like show up somewhere and it'd be like a family, like trying to just do their best and. Fear the Walking Dead, people would be like, oops, here we are. And then everybody think, would die in a convoluted way. Like- I think
0: in, in a critical moment in the development of this uh, zombie the walker crisis, she was reading uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And she thought that it was all about murder and being duplicitous. And so that's who she is now because she read a book.
1: Possibly, I, I think she was just she was you know she's a teenager obviously because she's only like twenty five now. I think she's really, figure out
0: if she's twenty five or forty, honestly. Right. God,
1: <laughs> I think she's probably in her mid twenties, and I think she was just really into Teddy Roosevelt, and you know
0: <laughs> she is into Teddy Roosevelt.
2: The actress is uh, twenty eight, okay. so
0: clearly, um, yes. Clearly,
1: is is is. I also age. have
0: astigmatism, so I'm not being ageist about it or commenting on her looks in any way. I find her very attractive. She's an awfully young supervillain, right? So, and maybe it's maybe it's her like flexing her power and stuff that makes her more attractive to me. I don't know. I should talk to my therapist about it. You just like strong women, Curtis. It's okay. Yeah,
1: it's okay. Yeah. I guess that's the end of fear, right?
0: Yeah, and so we're on break for Fear of the Walking Dead. So it was kind of a meh episode, but I still found things to enjoy about it. I'm very much looking
1: forward to seeing what's going on at the lake that's not a lake. I wanna see if when we if they're gonna when we next when we get back there's gonna be like, you know, uh uh houses or anything, or if they're all just like crammed into that one little shanty that...
0: Well, that, that I wonder incredible... if they're like in, the, like in uh, You Only Live Twice, where like, they're like living in a volcano, and there's a big tarpaulin that, that covers the hole in the volcano that covers the society right. underneath. <laughs> uh, and they have a missile! <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: okay. It's
0: That's... a very
2: strange thing. Now let's go on to the other really strange thing. Which is the Walking Dead World Beyond? Uh, so um,
0: I need to get it off. I need to get this off of my chest.
2: Okay, how far did you get, Curtis? What was the
0: last episode you watched? I think I think it was episode seven. I think it was when they is when they dro- basically drove off with the magician and the boy. Oh, all right. But um, the reason I was like I can't anymore is because this. Show was triggering me a little bit, and it was making me realize what a horrible shit I am, because I don't give a shit about these teenagers, and I should by all rights, because they have problems and they're human beings, but they annoy the fuck out of me, and I don't feel good about myself when I watch that show.
1: I uh agree. here, but here's the thing, Curtis. I feel literally exactly the same way. I'm like, I don't care. Please, all die. Please, all die, teenagers.
0: Just, just one more conversation about your feelings with a friend. It's <laughs> going to drive me. Incredible. it
1: did it does and it did it drove me crazy in fact i sent you before i watched i think the last episode that i watched before today was episode seven and i was like oh god eight nine and ten i've got three more episodes of this terrible show to watch um and i texted you guys and i was like can we please please not watch world beyond anymore yeah and you were both like no we have to do it, and so I watched on. I was,
0: so I I was. Uh, but here's the thing: I when I went to episode eight, I like watched about a minute, and then I I just at random skipped forward, and there were two characters sitting on something and talking about their feelings. So I skipped forward again, same shit, and again same shit, and 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 I was done after that.
1: Well,
2: this is this is a show that wants to be. Well, I don't know. This show doesn't even know what it wants to be. But it about half the time it's a high school drama. Yeah. It just doesn't happen to be taking place in a
0: high school. Yeah, that's I just Except
1: for the one episode where it did take place in high school.
0: Spent an entire life avoiding people who like high school drama.
1: Well, and the problem the problem with that I have with this show is that it takes Two episodes to do what I any of the other Walking Dead shows would do in half an episode. They spent two full episodes at that tire fire. They spend two full episodes after, okay, so they, they you know, they, they gain Uncle Louie and uh, Holden Caulfield <laughs> in, at the end of episode seven. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Olden Caulfield, good call. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, with that kid, he carries around art books in his bag. They just—that's the first thing to discover at the beginning of episode eight. I've I use art books in my bag because I like art.
0: When I would travel on trains, I would read a novel, like a classic novel, so I could uh, get laid.
1: Oh, so some girl would be like,
0: oh. "Hey, he looks interesting. He's reading." I can't pronounce that. I'm going to go talk to him.
1: Anna Karenina. He's reading Anna Karenina. <laughs> Lady Chatterley's Lover. I'm going go to go talk.
0: It was probably Fanny Hill. I'm guessing yeah. it was Fanny Hill.
1: Is and I think actually we might be off. I think episode 7 was when they meet and go off with with Uncle Larry. And uh episode no, episode oh, episode
2: seven. Episode seven is the one where uh, Tony, who's the magician, and uh, Percy, who is Holden Caulfield, <laughs> uh, are become part of their group until they are viciously attacked, and oh, Tony right. is m- killed, and Percy has vanished. Now, in the corner, out of it is <clears throat>
1: Oh right and the 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 Truth or Dare Silence. episode happens episode happens before this again another thing of of them spending you know 2 hours doing something that any of these other shows would take in 40 minutes uh the Truth or Dare episode happens right before this and they discover the dead bodies at the end of the Truth or Dare episode
2: right and and everyone is blaming Silas who's the big who's the big kid
1: the the big sensitive
2: Oh. Right. anger issues and we get our flashback scenes basically for his life and discover that he had an abusive father who abused him and he abused his mother and they leaven it a little bit usually use the word leaven um, they they leaven it a little bit by showing a time when the father wasn't abusive and he had bonded with his son over music heavy metal music as it happens mm-hmm. and it you know but at, as he got bigger and his father became more violent and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's it's an actually interesting kind of backstory. They, from all that, I don't like how much. How, I don't think it works with this show the way they're doing flashbacks, the way that they're trying to do the same thing that they did with the with the Walking Dead initially. Um, I don't think it works as well here. But some of the backstories are actually kind of interesting,
1: right? And this idea that that Silas was a kid who, um, was it just snapped one day he he couldn't deal with it anymore couldn't deal with watching his father abuse his mother and abuse him and just just snapped and it basically ruined his entire little lot his entire life because you know he accidentally kills his father then spends the rest of the day with the walker walking around the house and until his mom gets home and then he has to go and save her from her from her husband we realize that everybody is you know bad it's a bad scene
2: and, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a fairly interesting and well shot bit and, and that's fine but you end up with this just everyone and part of it is that our heroes set out for their little journey all without really knowing anybody I mean, the sisters know each other, and they like they like Silas, and you know Elton. You know, turns out they didn't. That Elton, you know, we we kind of thought that they were from when we first started watching this. We thought Elton was like you know buddies with them. We found out he's really not, and so there's these strangers all out in this world making a very spur of the moment, very in retrospect and in foresight. Um, a really impulsive and dangerous decision to do this whole go find dad mission. Mm -hmm. But it, it does make it very, very easy for everyone to sit there and go, Oh, you know, Silas did this. Silas is a monster. Silas is, is dangerous to all of us. And so they chain him up outside, you know, where the walkers are and and they're all inside agonizing over the fact. Or what are we supposed to do with him now? Like, you know. And because he thinks he did it, and he 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 still blames himself for the death of his father. He still feels like he deserves to be ostracized, and he now basically is like, "I'm just going to lie down and die." Mm-hmm. Our 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 little heroes won't let him,
1: right? And essentially, at the end of the episode, they decide to just let him go, let him out, and send him on his way.
2: They didn't tie him up all that well,
1: right? But he was staying, waiting for whatever punishment he was going to get. Right. Like, he wasn't – he he was not leaving. He got out and he just stayed there. So, essentially, they decide to just let him go. Iris lets him go, just tells him to go. Yeah. Then little corduroy jacket decides he's going to go after him because uh, it's not safe out in the wilderness, obviously. And then and Hope- he.
2: Hope chooses this time to confess her terrible secret Mm -hmm. that she, of course, killed his mother accidentally. He deals with this about as well as one could imagine.
1: Right. So the group is already fracturing, but then we discover that Pinky Tuscadero, she has been working essentially to, to, to break the group because she's the daughter of that one lady and they're trying to. They essentially Wait, orchestrated. General,
0: she's General Lady's daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My and goodness.
1: They orchestrated this whole thing, including the up into the like escape, like them deciding to walk to New York. They orchestrated this to get one of the girls. We don't know which one. We don't know which one the asset is just yet. Uh, out of the community so that they could like take her and make her
2: she is instrumentally part of their plan. Right. They're nebulous.
1: And yeah,
2: and then it's something because- I
0: hope it's not. Let's let's make the one chick, the leader of this band of morons, the leader of the world. I hope that's not their plan. Yeah. Ah, well I have some good
2: news and some bad news, Curtis good news is it's that's not exactly the plan <laughs> the bad news is is that it's not as far from that plan as <laughs> you'd like it to be
0: right. well I, I, I find her to be wonderfully naive
1: and it's okay so it
0: says.
1: number one number one it's not the sister you think it is it's it's hope who is the real gothy one with the black hair. Yeah, I would have thought it was Iris who's been the one to show all of the determination and pluck and all this stuff throughout yeah. the entire series.
0: Yeah. She's but plucky. It's,
1: but it's not. It's actually, it's actually Hope, the sister, other sister.
2: This That's is number- one of our twists. Yes. There's several twists, by the way. We uh, are now about to enter the season of the twists. Because See the last the exactly the last two episodes of this show are all about.
1: Turns out, Pinky Tuscadero, her whole mission has been to like slowly. She first of all, she only wanted hope to 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 decide to leave. But it turns out that they all all these randos decided to leave, and they all decided to leave without Pinky, and. So she had to improvise and bring Cyrus along.
0: Right, right. Uh, And
1: so now there's all these people. There's like all these people that Pinky does not need floating around. And so now her mission for the whole series has been secretly like trying to pick off people from this group. And she's the one who killed Uncle Larry. And she shot Holden Caulfield, but he escaped and didn't die.
2: And? Because this show, like Fear of the Walking Dead, takes place in the same square mile. <laughs> Elton, our our young man in corduroy, stumbles across Percy, lying in a field or whatever, and figures out. And, and, and then, because he's still dealing with the trauma of his mother being dead, and he started ripping up her manuscript, and then he started looking for the papers and all these things... He yeah. starts hallucinating Percy sitting next to him having a conversation about you have to leave me behind because I'm, I'm clearly I'm, I'm going to die and, and you have to save yourself. And, and every time, you know, you see the two talking and I looked away from the screen for a minute and I thought that I had missed the kid waking up and them yeah. having this conversation. And then I realized because they cut away and he's like Percy's lying on his back unconscious. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here. And so eventually, because Elton is, is young and idealistic, he commits to saving Percy.
1: And he does it in a pretty, okay, that scene where he takes on all those walkers was, I thought, pretty badass.
2: So if we get to the last two episodes of this show, and it becomes the moment where all our young heroes have to become the killing machines they should have been from the beginning of the show. They are finally sat there and went. I will. I am going to fight this world, and I am going to win, which right. is great. Except it's you know, nine ten episodes later than it should have been.
1: Right. So so they find Cyrus, and they him and Holden. They all uh, get back together, and and he ends up sacrificing himself because the bad guys are now on their trail. And uh, uh, let's make that
2: clear. Silas sacrifices himself. Oh, sorry. Yes. And I think one thing you want to, there's a nice little moment here where Silas has the realization that he's not the monster that he thinks he is. Now, unfortunately, uh, Elton kind of hits him over the head with, Silas, you're not a monster. And I'm like, wow, kid, that's subtle. Hey, great, buddy. Hey, did you hear?
1: (laughs) But turns out you're not the worst thing that ever happened.
2: And for all that Percy was just kind of this, I mean, Percy in the first two episodes, we really interact with him. He was like, hi there, I'm dressed all in black. I'm here to betray you. I mean, that was like every yeah. vibe, but once he's wounded and once he's with these guys, he actually seems to come across as a young man who's just been dealing with the world and he's, he's hurt. that his, his uncle is dead mm-hmm. and you know, he actually seems to be somebody who, you know, the the first impressions. And in this case, I'm going to give the show credit because it makes it. It doesn't feel like a out of the blue. We can sympathize with this kid. The vibe feels right for the the evolution of this kid. I thought it worked, but yeah. So as soon as as soon as they're like all bonding and everything's great the CRM folks show up in the town and they're like, Oh crap.
1: Yeah. And, and so Silas, uh, sacrifices himself and he gets essentially arrested by them. Meanwhile, and, and, uh, Corduroy and Holden Caulfield are able to escape. Meanwhile, Pinky Tuscadero is like being super, like she went, her heel turn, is so incredibly crazy and like as soon as they decide to tell you that she has been the one trying to betray them this whole time like everything she does from then on is like so shady and so like oh no you can trust me because i'm pinky tuscadero and we are friends it's you know, it's so, it becomes so completely obvious. It's like, okay, so the time that she went, like, a couple of episodes earlier, like, where she said she was going to scout ahead, she actually went and met up with her mother and gave her a report on what was going on. And that's when her mother was like, you gotta get rid of all these randos that have joined your party. Every action she takes from then on is, like, the evilest action she could possibly take. You know, she cuts... She cuts uh, what's his name's like ankle, and she kills Uncle Larry, and tries to kill Holden Caulfield, and you know she crashes
2: the car. Yeah, she takes them to a house that she saw. I saw. I saw this place a, a little ways back. We can go stay there tonight before we try and fix the car. And she's like, "Oh, oh, don't go in that one room because the folks who lived in this house, they're still there. There's, they killed uh,
1: themselves." Iris sees through like immediately. She's like, something is weird. Like Pinky's acting really strange, and so she tells Hope, like, "What's going on, Pinky? Can we trust? Can we trust her?" And and Hope uses her amazing uh, codebreaker skills that we did not know she had, that had never been discussed ever before, uh, to break a code and discover that. Pinky had been getting all sorts of, like, messages. And so then she convinces her to leave with her. So it's Pinky and Hope out on the road together. And that's where she confronts her. She's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing all these things to us? And, and that's when we discover twist number one, which is Hope is the asset. Hope is the one who is supposedly this great genius, which, again where was the show in this? Like, I don't remember her ever doing anything like, okay. She took apart that, that horn and put it back together, but that's like it. That's the only time that I've ever seen her do anything. That was like,
2: that's why we have the father info dump scene.
1: Oh, right.
2: Because we, we also, at this point, we cut over to the CRM community and we see this woman who has been in all these episodes, usually at the tail end of the episodes, speaking into a recording, talking to somebody on the phone, looking at zombies, and and turns out she's apparently in a relationship with the girl's dad. Because when he went to the CRM town, they bonded over science, like you do, and they became a couple. And she is talking, and I swear to God, I was waiting for the reveal that he's a zombie.
1: Oh, yeah. Several but, times I thought that was going to happen. But
2: it didn't happen. She's talking about, you know, I know you're going to hate me, but we had to have her. I mean, it's so important to the future of the world. She's going to be amazing. She's going to save us all. She's made of candy and magic and unicorns, and only she can save us, basically, is what she's doing. And I'm listening to this whole spiel. And, of course, the whole thing is that the reason, the work that he is doing is apparently important to the the CRM. Okay, great. But in describing his daughter. To his girlfriend, every parent describes their child, unless their child is the devil. Generally, is going to sit there and say, "My kid did a cool thing, and they're super smart." And da 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 da. I mean, we're we're proud of our kids, so we right. talk about our kids. But somehow, she took this. You know, he talks about how when she was a kid, she took apart a computer and she put it back together. Okay. This apparently figures into the CRM's plan because the plan is they're building the future.
1: Right. And they need somebody who can take a part of Dell. And
2: <laughs> I kept thinking to myself that these kids came from essentially a town of students.
1: Right. And their parents were both academics.
2: And like, all these children at this town of students have all been murdered. By the CRM, they wiped out the town. Right, this town full of students who are probably relatively bright. They've been going to school. They've been learning things, but this brave new world apparently doesn't need
1: it. Needs hope kids. who can who can take things apart.
2: We we need in. we need we need to have the of course we have to have the kid named Hope. Right. So this is the nail. And here's the hammer. (laughs) Your plan is really dumb. Your evidence for using hope for your plan is extremely flimsy. And on top of that, the cost of getting one girl and then, then the explanation that we get from pinky as to why they had to take this cross country trip when they could have flown her to New York in a helicopter Right, is that she had to learn these lessons on the road, and so far, the lesson that she's learned is that Pinky is a liar.
1: Right, and here's the—that's the thing that really, like, I, I did not understand about this whole thing was like, if they had gone to to these girls and been like, "Hey, uh, Hope and Iris, we're going to take you to your dad. Awesome, let's go. Show over, no show."
2: Exactly. Yeah, I mean this is an extremely complicated and convoluted plan, which the payoff of which is what you have and made this soup this very bright young lady really, really pissed at you.
1: And let's talk cost benefit analysis. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> okay, so we want the end goal, end goal equals hope working with dad at the research facility. Mm -hmm. So we're going to set up a convoluted situation where she has to walk out cross country. Uh, We're going to murder everyone in her town, do a double agent thing. Like that's a lot. Those are just three things. And that's just a lot.
2: We're going to separate her her from her sister, who by the way was not supposed to be on this trip to begin with, which means she would have been one of the victims in the murdered town. Yeah. Which is going to make things really great for both sister and dad. Right. This is a very dumb plan.
1: And I, the, the implication at the end that, that Pinky was not made aware of the fact that they were going to kill everybody in town or that they did kill everybody in town that's going to be super fun.
2: We did get a really decent fight scene between Felix and Huck Yes. Yeah, it's it's almost as bad as Pinky. Um, they Because, of course, even though these two went off on their own, they get caught up with, oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot. I completely forgot the really dumb zombie fight
1: and the driving lesson.
2: Oh, the driving lesson. Yeah. I mean, well, oh, I, can, I can't, it's a stick. I can't drive that with my bad foot. But I can't drive. I'm going to teach you. I'm like, we have time for this. <laughs> we have time for this i don't think we have time for this curtis
1: went and got a snack he's he's not even listening to us anymore
0: (laughs)
2: oh but then we
0: get Um, it just doesn't sound like it got any smarter towards the end oh no it did not oh yeah so the the fight scene between felix and and huck actually was pretty good
1: that was pretty good there were a couple of like like when when um little eugenia or whatever his name is corduroy uh, when he took out those walkers, that was really cool. And when uh, when Huck and uh, and Felix fought, mm-hmm. they they knocked down Drag out in this house.
2: Oh yeah, and it is actually. I mean, there's the fight choreography is really really good. It looked really brutal. Yeah. And at first, they're you know they got these sticks with this with the spikes on the end, and first they're fighting with that, and then. Felix moves in and knees her in the gut. And from that point yeah. on, it's just let's beat the holy hell out of each other. Right. He's literally trying to bash her through a wall. I mean, it's just, you know, there's no question that he's like, you know, he's pissed. She betrayed him. He thought, you know, you betrayed the children, all these things. And he's just like, you're not taking her.
1: Yeah. And of course, uh Hope eventually decides like she's gonna go. It's it's better if she goes than if they fight over her going or not and then end up having all these and of course they think they'll you know all their people back at their, their town are in danger or whatever. So she decides to go, her and Huck leave to and, and leave Iris and and Felix uh, to go meet up with mom, general mother. And and this is where we get weird twist number two. Oh, God. So twist number one was, Mm -hmm. it's not Iris that you want, it's hope. That was twist number one. Twist number two is that it's not hope that you want. It's both sisters because they were so bonded, like they were adopted together and they're so bonded that they're basically share one brain. And it even shows it goes back to dad's info dump where it's like Hope took a bar computer, put it back together and shows that while he wasn't watching, Iris came in and helped her put the computer back together. Like they were to, they were working on it together this whole time, and that. Holy they,
0: shit! That was a lot of dumb that just came out of your mouth. I
2: know. And we have the longest hug in hug history, uh, because of course, when the girls are getting ready to separate and go their separate ways, Hope and Iris are hugging each other, and at this point, Hope decides to give a monologue. Right. And it's Where amazing. she says
1: all this stuff, like, you know,
2: you know, they, they don't understand. That it's really us. It's not me. And we're going to do this together. And I'll be on the inside. You'll be on the outside and we will take them we're down.
1: Take them down.
2: <laughs> it's like, okay, teenage girls, someone gave you the hunger games for Christmas and you read it right. as a child.
1: <laughs> and, and so they're very excited. So, so, iris is very excited about oh i'm gonna find my sister and we're gonna we're gonna destroy these people and and Ho- hope is like very excited about oh i'm gonna go with them and i'm gonna reunite with dad and we're gonna you know prepare for when iris gets there or whatever you know meanwhile none of them know that their entire community was destroyed until, until twist end. twist number three. Oh boy which is the very very last thing that happens okay so you have to remember iris iris is with felix and they're walking through the woods and hope is with huck and general mama and they left on a helicopter and corduroy and holden caulfield and silas they are all uh somewhere else they're going to try and find they're going to meet up with the group later they're going to have brunch and meet everybody later and so everybody is separated. Our whole team, everybody is separated. Huck doesn't know that the, the campus colony was killed because mom's like, oh, I've got some stuff to tell you about what happened. And so Iris and, and Felix are walking through the forest and Iris is like, don't worry, we're going to find them and we're going to take them all down and it's going to be great. And then they see like seven hooded figures in the, the mist up ahead. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, hooded figures. But it turns out that it's Will, who is Felix's boyfriend, and a group of people that I guess he escaped
2: from... Either escaped from the town or from the CRM somehow, because we did not talk about the other thing that we basically get in these last two episodes, is we get Will, who sort of appears out of nowhere and he's
1: well they talked about they talked about him before yeah
2: but this is the first time he's shown up and you know it's it's a cute little moment when they first see each other in the tv show where they're i mean they're kind of like oh i was going to interrogate her oh no i was going to interrogate her oh dear and and they bond in their shirtless scenes and 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 romance and things like that and then but will is upset because felix is so bonded with the doctor's family. And he's like, you have to have your own life because these people matter to me. And it's just like, okay. So will goes off to do a thing. And so they're separated and they think they're never going to see each other again. And then this happens. Will
1: goes off to be part of the dad's security detail. Right. And so they think that then they're not, they haven't seen each other in months. And so when they meet up in the woods, it's like, Oh, happy, happy moment. And there's a sweet kiss. And, and then, uh, Felix is like, what are you doing out here? And Will's like, you, you have a lot to learn about things that I know. And then that's the end of the show.
0: Oh, boy. So, what have we learned? <laughs> <What> is, <laughs> Sometimes you've just got to sit down and talk about your feelings with a friend.
2: Hmm.
0: Several times a day yeah it's um i don't know i mean
2: part of me part of me really does think that if this show had actually been marketed as a young adult version of the Walking Dead, it might be easier to take this show
1: well I what feel, it is i i would uh I would think that if this show had been marketed as the young adult version, uh, we would have watched one episode for the novelty of it. And then we would not have watched anymore.
0: Well, now so we watched that. one season for the novelty of it. We never have to do this again. It's our choice. Oh, you, you say that Curtis. I'll it. tell you what, I'll tell you what, if one of you listeners out there wants us to do just one, just one listener wants us to do season two, we'll do it. But you've got to call me on the phone number I have left in an un, in, a, in, a, uh, in a previous episode. <laughs> you have got almost probably a year to make that call because season two is going to be out for a while. And you have until season start, whenever next year is. Hopefully they'll come to their senses and I'll be off the hook and we'll just have a nice conversation.
1: I have a feeling
0: That's we're gonna watch So it. beautiful thought, Curtis, and so naive. Yeah, we've Justin, watch- he's so
2: cute when he's being that naive. <laughs>
1: yeah, we have watched we watched. you think you think that that we got to the point where we actually liked Fear the Walking Dead because we gave up after one season? That show was hot garbage. Oh yeah. Hot yeah. garbage for a long time. And we still watched it.
2: We survived Chris, Chris,
1: Dan, yeah, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> uh,
0: I want more heroin, please.
1: Oh yeah, uh. the and and you know the whole like the whole thing where *Fear the Walking Dead* has to have a Hispanic, uh, a Latina actress to stand in the background. Like it doesn't matter what her character is. I
0: love. Know? I I have always admired the ballsiness. <laughs> of the race shuffle that they have on the show. One black guy out, one black guy in. If you're going to establish the T
2: dog, that's whether we're going to call it from now on, if you're going to establish the T dog in the, in the, in the, in the the original show, every show has to have a T dog. And we don't know what the one for the walking dead world beyond is yet, but they're there. They're pro they've probably been in every episode and we just haven't noticed them because they've been standing very still in the background.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
2: but we yeah, it's maybe it's-
1: oh, I would be really I'll be super, really, super disappointed if it's handsome gays. Because, you know, like Felix Felix is a handsome gay and Will's a handsome gay. And just like it would be really upset me if they just were like, Well, we killed off Felix, but now you've got Will, so it's okay. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, I have great faith in their ability to screw it up.
0: It's, <laughs> I want a, a, a couple of handsome gays. That's fine, and let's get some tragic-looking lesbians or something. We we had those. They were over
2: on the main show, and they killed them off too. No. Oh, fuckers! And they weren't necessarily tragic-looking. They just looked like real people. Yeah, and I did you. I know.
1: I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when you brought it up. I I saw like the walker on one of these episodes we watched had like really great dreadlocks and like the one that was going to eat Silas in the part in the, in the, uh, in the playground while he was being convicted of murder had Mm -hmm. like really like nice tight dreads. And then another one at another time was a blonde one. And she had like really nice wavy, like a beachy wave. It's like, this is supposed to be set technically in the future of our universe, right? Like, why do these walkers still have blowouts?
0: <laughs>
2: you know, Dustin, sometimes you just, you just got to take care of yourself and head down to the salon and get a little work done. I mean, you know, let's, let's yeah. be fair. Well, okay. So what it is, is there's the, guy, there's the guy in Fear of the Walking Dead who's attaching antlers. There's, a, there's a, a, another person over in the world beyond who's doing their hair.
1: Oh right, yes,
2: yes. Uh,
0: so that makes sense. Uh, I, I mean,
2: it makes as much sense as anything else.
0: Well, come on in here and sit down in my chair. I was just opening up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate <laughs> thing for this show is that there's so much interesting stuff happening with the bad guys
1: that we have not I, seen at all. Yeah. That
2: I just, I actually. I'm I'm not the target audience for a voyage of discovery across the world told from the point of view of teenagers anymore. I'm 50 years old. I mean, I can, I can understand
0: it intellectually, but I'm not necessarily the audience for that. I'm genuinely resentful because of it. That's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm thinking, man, maybe I should sit down and talk with someone about my feelings. Do you
1: resent the, problem- the teens?
0: I do. I do. I find them to be so stupid. It's not that it's not that I think teen teenage people are unintelligent. They're just inexperienced. And when they open their mouth about what they think about the world, I'm like, Oh God, I have to make the decision whether or not to tell them how wrong they are. Part of the problem with this show is that
2: there are adult figures around these teens who actually do have more experience with the world and who are utterly useless as adult
0: characters who could help these teens deal with these situations. It is odd that no one's been taken under anyone's wing whatsoever. Well, I mean, there's there's a time when they need it the most. Yeah, it's just, it's really frustrating. But at the same
2: time, we have all this really interesting stuff going on with the CRM. And maybe next season, that's going to be the goal because we're going to have, you know, hope is going to be in the middle of it. And maybe we can have some explanation about who these people really are and why why they are so committed to this really, really bizarre worldview where in order to save the world, we have to kill a lot of people who are not a threat to us. And we have to kill a lot of people who are an actual resource we could be using. And then we can still have Julia Armand crying when she's got all of her electronics on in her apartment. <laughs> and 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 that scene really, really worked. But it was because it was interesting. And I wanted to know more about these people. And it's such an odd. I mean, we're this this show is what's shaping up to be the big bads when rick comes back in the movies these are the people who took rick this right. the, these guys are supposed to be a big deal and and we get these great scenes with julio armand and i'm like cool tell me more show me the you know, They've they've got a really bizarre philosophy explain it to me sell me on their evil plan make me go you know that's terrible but i understand the logic. And right now, I don't think they could pull that off because everything I've seen so far tells me this is the logic of the writer's room mm-hmm. and not the logic of a functioning society. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's that's how I feel right now.
0: It's really irritating. But hmm. mm-hmm.
1: well, we don't have to deal with that. For a while. For a while.
0: Unless somebody
2: calls. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis, it's so cute that you think we're not going to come back to
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I expect. Look,
2: how many seasons of The Walking Dead,
0: Curtis? How many
2: seasons of The The Walking Dead, Curtis? Well, let's just remember
0: all of them, them. right? You have to watch all. This is like Star Trek; you cannot miss an episode of the whole thing. It took me years to finish everything, but I got it all done, whether I wanted to or not. Now it's just a matter of pride. Super glad. Super glad that's over. Hey kids, all you teens out there, you want to watch a great show you can relate to as a teenager? Probably Walking Dead, next gen, what is it called? Out Out and Beyond. Beyond World Beyond. We just world beyond. World beyond. Watch that show, children, and enjoy.
2: If if zombies are a thing that you're into as a teenager, then then maybe this will be for
0: you. And luckily, there aren't that many if it's not,
2: yeah, I mean it's you know it's ten episodes the, the, the one thing we can definitely say is at least this is only gonna be a two a two season show
1: yeah it's it's that they, there's only supposed to be another one season, yeah, and then they're gonna end it well,
2: all right well awesome. we have we have talked enough, I think about the Walking Dead, the world Beyond far, far longer than... It's, it's, always, it's always the bad shows. We talk about the bad shows more than the good ones. But what can you do? We will talk about a different thing on our next episode. There's all kinds of things to talk about. And now that we have our break from The Walking Dead universe, we can get back to talking about bizarre movies and things like that that we had a really good time doing in the break. And we hope that you will join us for that. If you have enjoyed listening to us suffer through The Walking Dead seasons... Uh, both in previous episodes and and this season, uh, let us know. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on podcast.com and Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a like rating and a comment there. Ratings and comments, of course, do help other people find the show, and that's always useful. If you have loved World Beyond or this season of Fear of the Walking Dead and you think we're crazy, you can tell us that. If you have hated them or have been really frustrated or confused uh, you can let us know that as well because we feel your pain. So we look forward to doing this again. As always, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim.
0: Thank you, Curtis. Hey, Tim, well, how about you? How about you look out on Audible for my two audio books? One called "The Ballad of uh, Whiskey Charlie," and the other is called "Scarecrows of Golden Prairie." They are Western novels, and they are, uh, they're all they all right. I think And they're, they're
1: read by you.
0: They're read by me, and thank you, Tim. This
2: is a perfect opportunity for you folks to support a fantastic voice artist, mm. and uh, we encourage you to check that out and to help put Curtis through college. <laughs> Please Otherwise, I'll be back on the street, and we don't want that. And we don't want I it super, back on the pole.
0: I super need an emotional education, and this is how I'm funding it. <laughs>
1: I'm going to I'm going I'm going to go I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to go I am going to go to grad school just so I can write my thesis paper on Madison and and the foreshadowing of her return.
2: And folks, if you would like death. to read this treatise or see Curtis on the pole, you can join us again on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Hey Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.